Compass wants to align more their own initiatives in terms of sustainability with what the client wants as well. Mm -hmm. So there is other programs that we are still trying to implement on campus that is part of the Compass Group um, USA Sustainability Dashboard. So we do have uh, one that we call Waste Not 2.0, which is very similar to the Link Path system. Mm -hmm which is trying to reduce food waste in the back of house, which at the same time align with the increased compost items on campus. So the university wants to compost 50% of the food waste. Sustainability goals is to reduce single-use plastic, trying to use more reusable containers um, in retail locations at the same time having that exchange of plastic for compostable items. Hi there, food enthusiasts. My name is Chris Rechkowski, your host today for the Future Foodcast, where we talk with thought leaders in today's food industry and discuss the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of food. Very excited to be speaking with Lizia Spellman today. She is the Sustainability Director for the Compass Group at University of Pittsburgh. Welcome to the program today, Lizia. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Excellent. Well, as you can imagine, we're very excited to be speaking with you. You're your job title hits exactly the interest area of this podcast. But before we get into what you're doing with the, Pump, the Compass Group, maybe tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you joined the Compass Group and what brought you up to this point. Yes. So I'm going to go back a little bit further than just what I was doing before. Um, so um, I have a bachelor's degree in animal science. So I always have the passion um, in the food system. And um, I moved to the United States in 2015 to learn English. So that's a good thing that I'm, I'm able to speak with you right now, <laughs> learn pretty well. And did my master's degree in sustainable management, which um, made me combine food system and sustainability in just one topic, um, creating a great, trying to create a great um, sustainable food system. So... That's how I landed in this field. And before coming to this field, I was working in a um, fair trade clothing store in Chicago, um, helping a little bit in terms of sustainability and warehousing, and finally landed this job that um, made me work with my passion, which is sustain sustainability and food. Um, that's how I, I came to this job. Excellent. Well, it's... Uh... Great to see that large corporations are really building into their literal business plans and hiring activities. People like yourself who are really focused in sustainability and exciting for you to also be, I would say, bringing a bit of a global experience and into Compass Group uh, so that uh, North America is able to enjoy a bit more of that. <laughs> yeah. um, so really interesting background you have both educationally and your prior work shows a strong commitment and passion for sustainability across a large range, including the food space. But then tell us maybe a little bit about what your specific tasks are for Compass Group as a sustainability director for the University of Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, so the University of Pittsburgh has their own goals for food system, um, which my job is to manage the um, goals and making sure that we achieve them. Uh, most of them is by 2025. So that's part of my job. And at the same time, finding new solutions, um, sustainable solutions 
to the campus, to our food system. So um, some of the goals that we have here, we have um, um, real food, um, which is purchasing more local, ecologically sound, humane, and fair trade food by 25% by 2025. Um, another goal is the cool food pledge, which is reducing purchasing of red meat by 25% by 2030th. And then other ones that is connected to waste streams. So composting um, and increasing re reusable containers on campus. So this is all the programs that I manage and hopefully creating more ideas. One of them is uh, kind of exchange most of our packaging that is plastic to compostable, mm. which is a huge passion for me as well, making sure that we are reducing our, our waste streamline um, and having more compostable items or reusable items on campus. Excellent. Well, it's a huge scope of uh, responsibility for you, very holistic approach also from the Compass Group into what sustainability is for your business. Um, everything from packaging um, improvements to waste reduction to you know, local purchasing. Um, I'm curious, how much of your work and I guess your sort of day-to-day -day mandates come from the corporate mission, I think a lot of which you've described, versus input from your customers, which in this case, uh, probably students, faculty, and staff of the university. Um, I would say like 25% comes from Compass and 75% comes from the customer. Um, so Compass wants to align more their own initiatives in terms of sustainability with what the client wants as well. Mm -hmm. So there is other programs that we are still trying to implement on campus that is part of the Compass Group um, USA Sustainability Dashboard. So we do have uh, one that we call Waste Not 2.0, which is very similar to the Link Path system, mm -hmm. which is trying to reduce food waste in the back of house, mm. it, which at the same time align with the compost increase compost um, items on campus. So the university wants to compost 50% of the food waste. So this program helps us to align with what the university is looking from us. Um, we do have um, Compass Group in general, they do have in their um, sustainability goals is to reduce single-use plastic. So that comes my, the packaging, trying to use more reusable containers um, in retail locations at the same time having that um, exchange of plastic for compostable items. Mm -hmm. So that's another alignment that we have. And then there's other programs um, that I'm trying to implement right now, which calls carbon footprint, mm -hmm. which is one that kind of calculates how much greenhouse emissions we are producing through or purchasing choices. So basically how much meat we are purchasing and how much can we reduce to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. That's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious, I wanna focus on that carbon footprint management for a bit. And how does Compass Group implement that in, in terms of the types of tools that you're using? And, and then how is that being communicated to your stakeholders, which I guess primarily the customers? Yes, yeah, so that's a proprietary um, system that they created. It's basically calculating um, purchasing, what we, what we are purchasing, and at the same time seeing what equipments that we have in our kitchen to calculate um, greenhouse gas emissions produced through that. Um, and that helps our client because they do want to know how much of greenhouse gas emissions it is produced on the daily basis of our kitchen. Mm -hmm. 
So that's kind of how the alignment of that program with what the university is looking for. And at the same time, with the Kufu Pledge, where the university signed in 2019, that's another thing that helps us too. So I have two types of calculation that I can base on and kind of um, create a comparison between what we have in terms of the Kufu Pledge that is a calculation and seeing how is or um, database system Mm-hmm. Try to compare like the, the two datas to make sure which one is the most accurate too. Interesting. So in the carbon footprint management, what are, I guess, some of the goals that you're trying to achieve and, and how are they being, um, if you will, made available for your customers to see? For example, carbon neutrality is a huge goal, um, but very, very difficult to achieve. What are some of the targets that you have for carbon footprint management as, you know, you could would be sort of demonstrable results that you could show your customers? Um, align with the Kufut Pledge, which means reducing okay. uh, meat purchasing. So basically um, ruminants, which when you go to red meat, um, dairy products, they're the ones that produce most greenhouse gas emissions. So when you try to reduce that, you're going to reduce your greenhouse gas emissions intake. So that's okay. how we want to make sure that we are reducing uh, meat purchasing, increasing, of course, plant forward meals to our mm-hmm. students. That is, of course, needs to be nutritious and delicious to make sure that more people are eating more plant forward dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we are trying to align the uh, carbon footprint and at the same time, uh, cool food pledge. Excellent. I imagine, you know, especially in a university setting, this gets a lot of attention and a lot of appreciation from your customers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in thinking more about from the customer side, um, and as you mentioned, maybe 75% of your activities are somewhat influenced or even driven by your consumer demand. How are you communicating that to them? Is it, for example, you know, Compass Group, for people that don't know, by the way, you're providing meal services in um, sort of dining hall settings. That's, I think, your key activity on the campus, a key deliverable. Is it, for example, when a student goes through the dining hall and they're choosing what products they want, there might be some indicators of the sustainability of what they're eating, or are you using social media or many different channels? How does that work for you? Yeah, so with the new generation, the Gen Z, they're very focused in social media. So that's how we communicate with our students. Or Instagram page, which we kind of have a brand here called P Eats. Um, so through that channel, we share any type of communication, not just in terms of sustainability, but in terms of nutrition or in terms of if there's any problem with one of our locations, we share everything through that. And at the same time, trying to do more in-person and face-to-face connections with the students. So depending on the program, so one of them that I have here is the Fair Trade Campaign, try to do tabling, um, trying to do tasting, sampling with the students for them to try some um, Fair Trade or sustainable items that we have on campus available for them to purchase. So this way is how we connect with them and making sure they are aware of what is happening in terms of sustainability or even any other type of um, system that we have in place. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, I think an important part of this, especially in the, the day and age where what we see in social media may or not be, may or may not be reality, um, 
trust and transparency becomes very important, especially when you're in a group of you know, largely very smart student, college students, faculty, and staff. Um, how do you build that trust with the, the results that you're presenting in the sustainability space? Yeah, so a good thing is that the university has a what they call dashboard where they share all of the information in terms of sustainability on campus. Mm -hmm. On that, we have a food system channel where everything that we do in terms of food donation, um, composting, um, food waste outages in the dining halls, everything is shared into the dashboard. So students can go into that and see what is happening. That's the transparency. I think sharing data um, sharing what we, we are doing and how we are trying to improve. That's how we have that connection and making sure that students understand what we are doing right now. Hmm. Um, I think all the companies should be more transparent in terms of like what decisions they're making in terms of their purchasing because mm -hmm. we are being held accountable for that. So we are purchasing more local or fair trade or organic food. The students can see that from us through sure. our real food calculations. So that's how... Um, we kind of go in terms of transparency with the students. Besides having dashboard, anyone has any questions, they usually can contact me. And I'm always transparent in sharing any type of information they're asking for that is connected to our food system. That's great. And you mentioned local sourcing also, and this is sometimes such a difficult one, even for food professionals who are trying to purchase products, raw materials on the market, whether it's carrots or beef, um, it may be local or it may have been produced anywhere else in the world. It's very, very difficult to understand that sometimes. How do you help to make that level of transparency um, visible to consumers? For example, where did this potato come from? That type of thing. So any product that we have on campus that is local, we try to advertise that to the students. So okay. there's one item in particular that I can remember right now that is um, we purchase a lot of green leaves from a company that called Fifth Season. Um, it's a great company. It's a hydroponic, um, totally new in, in the area. It's just 20 miles from campus. Mm. So it's very close. So we usually, all of the locations use that. So when we, if you're going to a retail locations where you have to walk into a line and choose your ingredients, that's where we put our label. That's coming from a local source. This is from 50 season to make students aware of where that, that is coming from. Um, here on campus, we have another program that is local beef and local pork. So that's something that we do share as well. Um, when we have any uh, recipes that is made with one of the, the two ingredients, we share that with the students, okay. making sure they know that that's local um, and they can, they can research that because knowing the company that we are purchasing from, they can just go to the website and check okay. where food is coming from. So you actually make it possible, at least in some cases, for a person to say it came from this farm and they could just Google that and go straight to understanding which farm it came from. Yes, that's correct. That's amazing. Um, and again, I know I've, we've, a lot of us have had our university experiences and we know how interesting these things are and important. And like you said, Gen Z not only is consuming social media and, and its communication channels. But um, I've been happy to see that a lot of the consumer push for sustainability is really coming out of that generation. Very, very important. Um, so I, you are, uh, although you might call it a microcosm for the Compass Group, you're, you're still in a university with probably 20, 30,000 
um, students, staff, and uh, faculty. How does your communication across the Compass Group on sustainability, um, how are you impacted by what may be going on in other places? And how are your learnings from your special situation communicated to others so that they can benefit from that across the Compass Group? Yeah, so um, I have other people that I know from uh, that is in the same position that I am right now. Most of them is pretty new. So we try to monthly have a meeting to kind of share um, if there's anything new that anyone is doing in terms of their account. We share that as well, in, not just in the call, but like we send message, hey, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're interesting to learn more or to understand what we are doing. We can connect um, and share, you know, or brainstorm about that. So that's kind of how we connect. Mm-hmm. Um, it is amazing to see how uh, other accounts is kind of like, oh, this sounds great for me. So we're going to start, you know, like um, this innovation here as well. So that's something that we keep in touch and learning from each other and making sure that like not just one location is doing terms of sustainability, but everyone can making sure that the universities is being sustainable too. Okay. So within Compass Group, you have, if you will, your own social networking to communicate ideas, best practices, lessons, lessons learned. Yes, that's correct. Um, now, we don't it, have a lot of people though, but it's, it's great to see like how these people are coming along and the group keep growing. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it. And, and again, um, an amazing dedication of resources by the company. And I think, you know, again, uh, very good company, but at the end of the day, company has to be profitable to succeed. So I think from my point of view, it's very encouraging to see that sustainability is part of what the executive team has decided is important for financial success. Yes, yes. Um, It it helps um, the university, like the client, and it helps the company too. So it's the two sides of the story, right? So we have the more and more universities looking for more sustainable uh, practices. Mm. So that's something that you can see more and more. Um, and it's interesting to see they're looking for more initiatives, sustainable initiatives in terms of the food system. Um, and at the same time, we see more companies sharing more sustainable goals and sustainable practices. So mm-hmm. I think that align with like companies and clients it's very important to make sure that we're having more sustainable practices in place. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this sharing, I think, is very much ad hoc by, you know, I would say good networking amongst dedicated professionals like yourself. But you alluded to even more demand for aspects of sustainability and you being an expert in this space and delivering it to your customers. What do you see as sort of the next steps in more sustainability activities that you might see over the next two, three, four, five years? Connecting to the food system, I think, um, is looking for more sustainable food source. So making sure that we are purchasing from farms that is following a sustainable um, approach into their production. So Mm -hmm. one of them is um, regenerative agriculture. So this is Mm -hmm. one of them. Um, local purchasing is another one that is pretty um, strong as well in terms of food system, because when you're purchasing locally, you're reducing the travel time that the food has to the farm to your table. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you 
gain more nutrition into the food that you're purchasing. So that's another thing that I see growing. And single-use plastic, have to reduce that. We have mm -hmm. to reduce the amount of plastic and the amount of waste that we are producing. Um, that's what I see mm -hmm. that the next years is going to be. And at the same time, greenhouse gas emissions. Mm. So there's a lot of um, companies. Compass last year just announced that they want to be net zero by 2050. So more and more companies is trying to achieve uh, net zero. Mm. So that's another thing that I see um, companies and the food system in general trying to find a way to balance production and greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. And we touched on you know, carbon management earlier in this discussion, um, but it sounds like from your experience, a key metric that is the aspiration out there is net zero. Is that what you generally see as everybody's aiming to achieve that goal? Yes, I do see that. Um, principally because that's a call, right? Uh, Paris Agreement is a call to reduce that. Right. We need to reduce the, the increase of temperature that is happening. As you just, we, we talk about this today, like we, you see the temperature changing. You are in Canada right now and it's already hot <laughs> and it's yes. February. So we don't want that to happen, right? We want to make sure that we keep the climate, um, how can I say, as solid or as, I can't even say normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's not even normal anymore. <laughs> as, as I said, as more sustainable as possible. So uh, going to the path or, of reducing carbon emissions, it is going to be the path of every single company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course, climate change is uh, quite a controversial topic, um, which we, we don't need to debate here too much. But one thing that's been less controversial, certainly, is carbon management. Because at the end of the day, that is focused on sustainability of ecosystems is in what we're doing there. In other words, not using too many resources to produce a limited amount of product. Um, but it's, I find it you know, interesting and exciting that, again, from the Compass point of view, and which is driven by the demand from your customers who are going to be the decision makers of tomorrow, um, net zero is literally driving your business, even though the, the target for that is relatively far in the future. Yeah. Um, for example, the University of Pittsburgh, they announced last year they want to be carbon neutral by 2037. So as I say, it's, it's not just like a practices that is happening with the company, it's happening with clients. Mm -hmm. So clients is looking for companies that is going to help them to achieve their goals. Exactly. So uh, that's how I see like we, we have to change. It's not even like we maybe need to change, we have to. Mm -hmm. Which kind of was another question I had in terms of, like you said, the company requires that of its supplier, or in this case, the university requires this of the Compass Group. And as the Compass Group, you're outsourcing thousands of different products to provide food for the company or the university. How, how are you out there? And I don't, when I say you, I mean the Compass Group, how are you making your selection criteria for who those suppliers can be? How are you sort of inching this forward by step by step and attracting more and more sustainable suppliers? 
I honestly cannot answer specific that question mm -hmm. <laughs> because uh, it's above me, the decision-making. Um, but I'm hoping that the company, when they are looking for new supplies, they are making contracts that indicates that they need to be looking for uh, carbon reduction mm -hmm. uh, or waste reduction. So there's many ways that we can achieve that um, when we are trying to find new vendors or new, new distributors is through our contract. So mm -hmm. we probably have contracts of how can you, you know, like I want to purchase this amount of items from you, but at the same time, I want you to be more sustainable. Mm -hmm. So there's ways to do that. I cannot specifically say about Compass Group because sure. it's above me, but there's ways that we can definitely require suppliers to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions mm -hmm. um, when you have a contract with them. Yeah. Well, when we have these discussions on the podcast, we're often, of course, talking with people like yourself, entrepreneurs um, who are trying to satisfy their customers. Um, and especially for the last two years, it's been very difficult for those individuals to be in direct contact with their customers because of all this interesting things going on with the uh, pandemic and such. But as you mentioned before, part of your work is actually interacting with your customers. And I'm curious, how do you see their, if you will, purchasing actions, you know, their eating decisions based on what they see in front of them when they go to a dining hall to you know, choose things to eat. How much do you see people deciding to, you know, eat A versus B based on what is reported on the sustainability sort of metrics of those food items? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I usually don't ask that much questions in terms of like specific if students are choosing uh, based on sustainability. Uh, I did have a moment that I I had the opportunity to do research last year, and one of the questions was in terms of milk purchasing. So do you prefer a regular milk or do you want a alternative? Mm -hmm. And what is your cho choice based on? So a lot of people said in terms of sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing that I can tell you that more people are looking to that qualification to like be more sustainable or food that is sustainable. And you see that, but increased amount of people asking for more vegan food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm learning too as, as I go with this job is that there's a shift happening of more people wanting more plant forward or more vegan items compared to what we probably had five years ago. Mm. So yeah. I can see that shift happening. I think we've heard from a lot of thought leaders and entrepreneurs out there that in the food space, at the end of the day, what are the top decision factors are tend to be taste and cost. Um, but a very important influencer, if you will, these days is, of course, sustainability that we've been talking about. So I, I'm always curious to hear from people like yourself, how much is sustainability really driving people's decisions on what they're buying, what they're eating? Um, and my sense is that it's a very, you know, it's swaying their decision. It's not necessarily making their decision. Of course, there are groups of people out there that are very committed and they're not eating anything that's not vegan or organic, et cetera, and that's great. But overall, is, do you feel a sense that it's, it's swaying people's interests versus an absolute requirement, say for your Gen Z group that you're serving? I think they are more interested in purchasing more sustainable food items or sustainable items in general, but comes with a price. 
So sometimes people don't want to pay for the price that the sustainable, yes. sustainable food or items um, mm -hmm. are. I will include myself on that too, because um, when you look into a conventional, I'm going to just use coffee as an example, because in America, there's a lot of coffee options. Um, when you go to coffee, you can choose between organic coffee, a fair trade coffee and a conventional coffee you're probably going to choose the conventional one because it's cheaper compared mm. to the fair trade or organic choices that you're going to have in front of you. Um, so I think to su sustainable items needs to be more affordable to mm -hmm. make that as a choice of like, I'm choosing this because it's more sustainable instead of I'm choosing this because it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. So we want right. to shift to that as well. We want to shift to that mentality of like, I don't have uh, money to purchase this item. So I'm going to go with the cheapest option. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that I believe that we still need to, co sustainable companies need to drive that to make sure that it's more affordable. But at the same time, we know why we're paying that price, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You have more transparency in terms of the items that we're purchasing. So the usually fair trade coffees, you know, which farmers you're purchasing your coffee, you know where the money's going to towards. So Excellent. there is a story behind of that too, that you we cannot forget that. Yeah, and that's I, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about, sort of connecting the dots of some of the other topics we've discussed. And there is a price barrier there that you know people will think about. But I, I was curious of your views and your experience with your customers of how much does their trust and belief that something's actually organic, sustainable, locally sourced, et cetera, influence their willingness to pay more for that product. Especially if you go to a food store and you say organic, eh, you don't really know. Um, it, it says so on the package and I'll buy it because I, I want to do that. How much do you think, just in your personal opinion and experience as a thought leader, um, that level of trust is both a barrier and an influencer to people making that additional buying decision? Um, I think when you know where the product is coming from, you're going to purchase them. Mm -hmm. If I am going to go to a coffee shop and I know where the coffee is coming from and I know what the farmer is doing to collect that coffee, um, that I'm making sure that his children, it's not working in the farm with him, it's actually studying I will probably change my mind and purchase that coffee because I know it's going to impact someone's life. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for um, if we go to clothing, for example, it's another um, thing that I have as a passion too. When you're purchasing a fair trade clothing, you know where it's coming from. Compared mm -hmm. if you go to H&M, you don't know where that comes from, mm -hmm. right? So you, I feel like now people want to be, the, the transparency that we're talking about sustainability, it's what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. They're going to make their decision based on what they know. So yes. storytelling, telling them where the product's coming from, as you asked me about our local purchasing, how we make students aware of that. Uh, that's how I think that connection happens between the farmer and the customer. Making sure that we are sharing that story with them. And I think this is such an important, important point that's easy to overlook um, on all sides is really understanding how that storytelling, as you describe it, is an important decision factor for people. It's, it, it really encourages people to spend that extra 10% dollar, whatever. I mean, I, 
recognize that in myself. You mentioned coffee. I, yes, I like good coffee, but I frankly never imagined that I'd spend $15 on a bag of coffee. It's like, well, I can get organic for on sale for $7, but I'll tell you just in my experience doing these podcasts and meeting some interesting companies, uh, I'm buying $15 bags of coffee because <laughs> exactly <laughs> what you say, this, I believe the story behind it. I've met the people, I know the people and I believe the story behind it. So I can see that that would have influence and you're dealing with tens of thousands of people a day that have the same reaction that want to hear that story. Yeah, um, and that's something that we try to bring that to our products that we have on campus is to make sure that we are sharing that story behind our, our uh, vendors mm -hmm. um, to make sure the students understand where that, that comes from, first of all, and mm -hmm. to understand why the price tag is that much or if there is any thing, because sometimes like depending on, on the product that is located to you. So if you have all you can eat dining mm -hmm. halls, you're not going to pay for that because you're already included in your meal plan. So you can choose whatever you want to eat. So you're mm -hmm. trying to offer you more sustainable products th through that. But if you're going to retail location, that's a different conversation. You're probably going to pay a little bit more, but at the same time, we want to share with you why you're paying that much more because there's a story behind of that. Mm -hmm. um, it's always important for me to understand price of things. So if you're going to purchase a chicken, a conventional chicken, you need to know what is behind of that. You need mm -hmm. to understand why that chicken is cheaper compared to a local farm. Right. Right. And that's, you know, you're an expert in this area and you have a tremendous amount of education in this space, but I, I think that's a great also explanation of why storytelling, transparency, and, and trust in that story is important because, you know, a lot of people don't have four or five years to become educated experts on this like yourself. They depend on the stories that you help to tell and the trust that you can bring to that product. So really, really important for this shift towards sustainability. Yeah. And I feel like another thing that we usually don't talk too much in terms of food system pricing, um, it's equity, right? Mm -hmm. So um, who has more money, has more leverage in purchasing more sustainable food, but mm -hmm. who doesn't have the money, they unfortunately cannot afford the sustainable food. So yeah. I think that conversation in terms of price to create a more equitable wor world for people that doesn't have the money power to purchase more sustainable needs to happen too. We need mm -hmm. to, to make more sustainable products available to be more equitable. Yeah. So that you know, conversation in some point needs to happen. This is an interesting point you brought up. Um, we've seen a number of companies on this podcast that are very focused on their supply chain and very much want more equity across the supply chain. For example, smallholder farmers that may struggle and year by year, they're getting a smaller and smaller percentage of the retail sale of that product. But you, I think you really bring up a great point that um, we should be looking the other direction as well. On the consumer side, you know, how is it? How can we make it more possible for consumers that aren't at the top of the economic, economic um, food chain, if you will, to also support and participate in the sustainability drive in the food space? Yeah, um, and I think that's question needs to happen. Not too late, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. needs to happen now instead of waiting a few more years. 
But I, I think you're currently involved with the education, frankly, of the generation that's going, that's bringing that to the world. Um, and I, uh, unfortunately, I'm not part of that generation, a little bit older, but I'm really excited to see that happening. And yeah, they're learning some good things from the Compass Group uh, as a as a side benefit of participating in, you know, at the University of Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, um, and I we have a great team too. So the university has a huge sustainability team too that is great to have them learning from them as well and them helping the connection between us and the students. So that's something mm -hmm. that is important too, to have that partnership with like people that wants to make sure that um, the knowledge in terms of sustainability is going across people. Um, yeah. It's great that I have the knowledge, but just me, I cannot change anything if I don't share that with anyone. So I try to exactly. share as maximum that I can. Exactly. Well, the Compass Group is certainly lucky to have you um, as well as the university is. So really appreciate you being on the program today. Um, it's tremendous work that you're doing in this space and connecting sustainability and technology and bringing it to literally tens of thousands of customers on a daily basis. Thank you very much, Lizia, for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcasts. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry.